Shannon, where are we? We are at the Louisville waterfront because that's generic enough, but also specific enough oh. to where we are. Yeah. Why are we here? Oh, um, well, we haven't seen anything on this side of the waterfront. We have uh, seen a couple of things on the other side of the river, but I don't like to go to Indiana when it's not pandemic. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm really not trying to pay a toll to go now. Um, no, not not worth. We can see it. I can. Yeah. it's it's over there. We can see right. where we have been exactly. from this location. And this spot is something that I've always wanted to see something happen in, and have never seen anything happen in. Me either. This and the little, the place in Anchorage that's similar. I'm like, we why? Why does nothing there do? Next time. Yeah. It'd yeah. probably be less windy. We can give that a go. <laughs> but yeah, I just Pick always wanted day. something to happen here and yeah, I've never seen something. I haven't seen anything happen here either. Um, I'm not sure why. I don't know. Weird. Seems like it would be really good for a, a lecture or something, but Yes. Um I also feel like if anyone is in the market for really cold social distance theater, <laughs> but you could this is it. You could definitely do that here. <laughs> I think so. Um I mean, pick a day. It's doable. We'll get yeah. one 68-degree day It'll in December. It'll be Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. It will be Christmas. Uh, of course it will. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm sad because usually around the holidays at some point, I go home or to Tennessee where it's cold mm-hmm. um, and there's real snow. Yeah. But I can't remember the last time I saw real snow in Kentucky. And <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not going to go home this year, so it's a little bit sad. Today we're doing something kind of different. Yeah. Do you want to tell the people? Was, sure. I feel like it was um, mostly your idea, sparked by something random I said. <laughs> right. Well, we, we realized um, neither of us is really like, we're not hoarders. We keep specific things. Yes. We both have very specific collections. Alyssa mm-hmm. has a very uh, eclectic uh, collection of props. I do. For, for Whatever. Um, you never know when you might need insert something random here. Yes. Um, and we both keep our programs from all the shows that we've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to pick a year and talk about a couple of the shows that we saw that year. Because most of them we both saw. Or yes. both participated in in some form. Yes. Um, As you have probably heard us say many times, most things we've seen together, <laughs> at least in the past like five years, I would say. Yeah. Um, and if we didn't see it together, we definitely told each other about it <laughs> right. or worked on it together. <laughs> right. Or yeah, you didn't see it because you were backstage or vice yes. versa. <laughs> right. Um, which is always exciting when the other person is like, do you know that this person does this? <laughs> You've never seen it before? No. And I wouldn't have let them. Right. Oh, that's good to know. Um, so do you want to start? We've picked a couple to yeah. chat about. Well, and I feel like... Yes, it was a really, it was a very varied year. Um, it was. There, there's several represented here that are just stage managing, so, like, I didn't even see the show because I was too busy writing notes the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both currently, at, at that point, in, um, at school. Oh, yeah. Um, so at, we were at, seeing stuff for school. Right. So that was um, a different set of things that I had to see for a class and you had to participate in for a class. <laughs> Some of them were very good. Um, but we'll, we'll start off with my least favorite out of this whole list. Yes, do um, it. So, <laughs> so, 
So one of the shows that I was um, required to see by a local institution um, <laughs> required me to sit in the audience while my TA at the time mooned the audience. And it is something I will never get over yes. because I had forgotten about it until I was flipping through these programs. Um, but it is painful every single time. Like literally Shannon showed me handed me a stack of her programs just a minute ago and as soon as I saw that program I was like but yes. I forgot about it too yeah it was it was a blissful moment where we both forgot about that yeah but uh it's still a thing and it happened and you didn't you did see that one I did see the show I was so that show is in a thrust theater and the mooning mostly happened front right um like di- like directly center stage um towards that section of the audience and I I love a bad seat in a theater <laughs> um people get mad at me cuz I always want to sit on in an extreme seat and mm-hmm. just like experience what if a director thought about me yeah um and I'm sure directors when the theater is not full hate me for doing that (laughs) but because of that and because of my weird quirk I was spared Mm. the butt right Uh, mostly I got like a little bit of a side view yeah but (laughs) not nearly that bad yeah spared the full moon I guess (laughs) (laughs) that was a quarter moon yeah a crescent to say having known this person he was also a butt like <laughs> it was really um just good for him it was a, it was the right part it, it was, was. The right, it was the right move for him it was a good costume yeah. <laughs> i don't know i okay um there is something and this particular institution did it several times <laughs> but there is something a little messed up about forcing your student to go watch you in a thing and then provide some sort of feedback because in my acting one class I had to watch our teachers senior thesis role and then that was part of my final was writing a response I don't like that I did not like it either Mm -mm. my final focused mostly on a different character because I was like what am I supposed to say I loved it. You were great. Please pass me. Right. That's so weird. Um, no. Especially when there's so many other things you could send people to see. Like, yes. make a short list that you as an instructor can also make it to. Mm-hmm. And then go see those things. Yeah. And make them bring you a program. Like, that's totally valid. Like, go see other things. There's a lot of stuff going on. Or at least there used to be in this year <laughs> that we are talking about. <laughs> Um, things were happening all over the city. I have proof of a lot of them. Um, yes. But they didn't send us out. They were just insisting mm-hmm. that it be localized, which I see why, but also I feel like there's better options, especially when so many of your TAs, so many of your um, professors even are represented in the process of that show. Yeah, it's a little tough. Um, but I guess it does give you a built-in audience. So yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, other than the butt, other than that, it was. Let's talk about it. It was hard to pay attention. Um, <laughs> because, no, it was. Um, 
I'd never seen something like that, really, and the style was different than anything I would have gone to see myself. So again, I see the, the point of them right. saying, go see this. You probably wouldn't have seen it otherwise. That's fair. Um, and there were some really good, um, well-acted roles. One of my favorites was one where the character said, if I recall correctly, almost nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it was a completely mute role, but it was very close. And I love that. Any any character that can pull focus saying nothing is impressive to me. Yeah, big fan. Mm-hmm. I think for me, something that I felt like we were always walking the line of when we were in school, um, not you and I, but like the institution, yeah. was like doing something cutting edge and cool versus doing something edgy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes people think those are married ideas. Um, but I I think that they mistake edginess for it being cutting edge and cool. And instead of like picking something because of the unique aspects of the production, they are picking things because it feels <laughs> raw or whatever. Yeah. And for this show, there's definitely elements of that. I mean, it's the playwright style and like other things that they've worked they've written. So it makes sense to me and I like the playwright and I think that the more stylistic elements and like things that were more cutting edge helped make it, but I and make it worth worth yeah. producing. But I think there were all, oh, several times when the show was not worth producing and it got done because um, it was like, we're doing new, different, yeah. edgy stuff here. Weird for the sake of weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, or just like, not worth the people that you're gonna turn off with how edgy it is Mm -hmm. and like the mooning definitely walks that line for me personally and like (laughs) I don't even really have a problem with like nudity on stage I don't think if you're doing it for a purpose and to me that just felt like a very and now for the shock this guy's gonna stand dead center stage and moon the audience right I'm just not sure, like, what that does for the story. I definitely, I felt like I was just thinking about why did they do that rather than, I, I don't remember any of the monologue he was saying around that action. I either. And I own the script. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I haven't don't. read it in a long time, to be fair, but I own the script. Huh. Yeah, no. So. I, I remember very little of what was actually said. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, impressions which sometimes for a show like that that's all you're supposed to get is like this made me feel uncomfortable or whatever but I don't know I feel like I got a whole lot out of it (laughs) yeah and I I think there are some shows where that's fine and I think there's like clearly a show where you were meant to get something out of it and Mm -hmm. I walk away like I feel nothing yeah um and everyone else is like I can feel the snow I can feel the air (laughs) and it's like no I didn't (laughs) I gotta find a different class. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was one of those for me. However, in that same year, we did something really cool 
that was kind of cutting edge in a way. It's a throwback. Yeah. yeah. But not really that edgy. But I would argue a much better production. Yeah. I think all the other there are at least three represented in this stack that were from the same <laughs> year from the same institution and were better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think, and I'm I, my timeline is whack from this period of my life, but so one of the shows in there was a um, I wouldn't say it was a hundred percent improved. Because we wrote a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, a group effort to write. Um, and then, like, a fair amount of improv on the day. Uh, but it was the, one of the first thing I ever ASM'd. I had never... You had been stage managing at this point. And I had never done, like, that full job by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was assistant stage managing... I think maybe for the first time, either the first or second time, an improv show, which is like a uniquely terrifying experience because there's (laughs) nothing to follow along with. Right. (laughs) It's like, I vaguely know what's going to happen and I vaguely know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. If that happens. (laughs) But sometimes it doesn't happen, and I have to think to myself, like, what am I supposed to do? Mm. Um, But I think, yeah, one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on, and, like, a really good cast of people, like, very low drama production, I Hmm. would say. Yeah, I I definitely felt a... um, cohesiveness of the cast in the chaos of the show like they were all working together obviously really well because everything was so chaotic and you can't do that if everybody's not pretty okay with each other yeah and the audience can't feel like chaos fun Mm -hmm. if it feels chaotic and like no one's in control yeah if the audience feels at all like an improv show I think there is, like, a certain, like, you don't know what's going to happen next, but if you feel like they're going to lose it, mm-hmm. you have an anxiety of, like, oh, I really hope they, like, yeah. hang on. Are you, you okay up there? Yeah. Um, but we <laughs> so did one stressful. of my, like, favorite things that, I mean, we've talked about this, but, like, KY Shakes does it all the time, which is, like, the environment around you using it and, like, not ignoring the fact that there's a plane flying overhead. This yeah. theater was, like, right next to the train tracks. Yeah. So every time there was a train, I want to say locomotion played, and every character, like, whether they had died, whether they were still, like, in the middle of a monologue, <laughs> if they had just exited in a huff, like, it did not matter. Yeah. Everyone came out and did the locomotion. And, like... <laughs> 10 out of 10, it was really fun. It was so good. Like, even even when in one scene it happened, like, three... It was still oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. I mean, it kept <laughs> oh, happening. Man. To the point where I remember, like, on the headset, the SM was like, should I do it again? And I was like, you have yeah. to. <laughs> Once you've set it up that way, you just keep yeah, going. Yeah, everyone's going to be waiting for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And so's the cast. Like, right. Don't they're going to be like... Off anxious <laughs> oh man but that was really fun and I feel like 
a solid experience for how um, you can collaborate with a team. I had personally never been a part of something with that level of collaboration from like the director, the designers, the crew, everyone had a hand in like building that show and making it really interesting. Um, and especially <laughs> because of where we worked and doing a lot of educational theater, there isn't that much collaboration usually. Right. Um, yeah. So I learned a lot being able to be a collaborator. In that. Mm -hmm. And I remember just really liking the, um, from, from the audience, um, liking the, the stage design and just like, yeah, keep it as we usually prefer, keep it as simple as possible so that the biggest thing on the stage is the actors. Yeah. And, I mean, the backdrops were so cool. I had not seen that done before. Um, they were just, like, on hangers, right? Like, you just slid them? Or... You know, I wasn't around when we built the set, but I did pull the backdrops. Yeah. It was, like, muslin hung on fishing wire. Yeah. Um, and, like, just a row... It sort of felt like a clothesline, just like a row of three or four fishing wires. You would pull one back, and then the next one could, would come out, and it was super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big part of my job was changing the <laughs> scenes, but the guy that would announce the next scene sometimes got it wrong, and then I was like, do I, do I go with him? Right. Do I go with what I know it's supposed oh, no. to be? <laughs> He would be like, the kitchen! And I was be like, it's supposed it's to be the parlor! The <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Super fun. Yep. And That's I want to be, like, kind of clear. Shannon and I have a personal preference, and mine is probably a lot stronger for, like, no, <laughs> no set. Right. Um, <laughs> if at all possible. Nothing. <laughs> um... That doesn't mean a production that has a huge set can't be genuinely great yeah. and the acting can't be the highlight. I just think everyone has an aesthetic style and I think that speaks mostly to us in no small part because that's, we've been, we've witnessed people who can't go big try to go really big and tried to talk them off that ledge mm -hmm. um and like explain how it could be really beautiful smaller and better smaller and not been heard and then also we have been in a situation where we know we can't go big and had to like scale ourselves back yeah and so it necessity is the mother of invention i guess is and what it's I'm trying a to say. really hard balance to find i mean the first show i saw in this particular year was um, it was actually, it was kind of a research project. We went to go see mm. how somebody else was going to do this show. Um, me and some other people, not me and Alyssa, um, mm -mm, went to go it. see this and, uh, they, they did not find the happy medium. Um, it was very messy because they chose to go big on a couple things that made no sense. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, that's just ugly because it didn't, it's neither going small or going big. Like yeah. you picked this thing why it's paint on cardboard it's bad it's really bad um yeah so but they they managed to like keep it down to just chairs for a couple scenes and i was like oh that's so good let's do that and then they moved on to another scene and it was almost like they'd changed like design ideas <laughs> midway <laughs> through the show it was very confusing yeah and we've talked about it before when you have i mean the show that you were 
going to be working on mm-hmm. later in that year. I mean, it's like 17 different locations. Mm-hmm. It's hard to wrap your head around how you're going to make those different. Yeah. But I would argue that even the small things you're doing to change the setting, your audience, like, I mean, you're just rolling out a different flat with a bookshelf on it. Yeah. Like, they can't give them a little bit more credit to go with you even if like we don't pull in a whole new living room mm-hmm. um because now we're at the living room at this person's house right yeah like maybe there's a different throw on the on the chair maybe there's a different rug that's an easy swap maybe mm-hmm. the lighting is a little different like um there's ways to do it that don't involve like on set change every time and if you build that in with repetition your audience will get it even if it takes them a second whereas like if one scene it's just chairs and the next scene it's the whole get up it's like what are we doing I am confused well and one idea that I don't remember where it came from but it kind of got picked up and then dropped for the show we were trying to come up with a plan for was just changing out curtains so the background remaining totally the same the whole time but just, I mean, not that curtains are easy to change out, but if you got one tall guy, done. And you like, already put them on a rod. Exactly. Like, take, just on, take, take off. Which, like, it, that's one thing, kind of like the throw. Mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated, but it puts the change in the background. So it's yeah. like, ah, yes, the room has changed, but, like, you could, I don't know, make the... Make it meaningful. Make it deep <laughs> and meaningful. Somebody will get it. But I like... The change being the background mm-hmm. is a good is a good like thing to keep in mind because when you go hard on continuous changes, you force that to become part of the narrative of the show. Mm-hmm. And like zoom out for a second. And if that's something that you're okay with, great. But if you are not okay with it, story happens in transition so think about that like when I was doing Mary Poppins I knew I wanted a change to the park because it's such like a magic scene they Mm -hmm. go through the painting in the movie it's like I wanted there to be that sense so I was invested in that change and normally for me I wouldn't do like a huge things are turning scenes are changing moment but like heaven forbid a blackout (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) anything but that death before blackout um i need a (laughs) we should make merch please death before blackout um but like i just wanted a change and so i made it you know like bert and mary are kind of magical in mary poppins so I made my Bert, who, God bless him, was doing the job of, like, 17 men in that show. But I made him change the scene kind of on his own during, like, a little bit of a monologue to, like, show a little bit of magic but make it part of the story because mm-hmm. I was not about to go to a blackout, change everything, and then have him, like, pop up. But that's, like, a me thing. You might love a blackout and then the lights come up and it's different and if you can do it really fast sometimes the audience claps I get that vibe I understand I feel like okay (laughs) um we have to do it I know this year was this the first thing you stage managed solo or no uh no 
No, the first thing I stage managed was the year before that. This okay. was my second year. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I was working on the show as an acting coach, which... Yes, you were. Yes. Is like a... Oh, and I, I was babysitting. You were babysitting. Remember that? So I worked... This year, I totally forgot about this until mm-hmm. I was looking at your playbills, but this year, I worked as an acting coach um, at the theater Shannon and I worked at for three or four shows. Yeah. It was both musicals and then the other play. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, they just made me like, I don't know why I was asked to do this, because I wasn't before and I wasn't again after so maybe I was bad at it but <laughs> maybe um, you weren't given the time and resources to do it well <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> but I did like a big workshop um, yeah. where I like came in and talked about how to create a character beyond just like write down their favorite color <laughs> which is something that happens a lot yeah. in educational theater you don't have a lot of time and you have a lot of ensemble members and you want them to feel connected to their part so you're like know things about them give them a name yeah you know are they married what do they feel about the main character like asking them things right and then kids end up kind of like writing like a little essay about their character and I well that's that's not really an acting technique first of all (laughs) and then secondly like I don't know how helpful that is because you it I think if you have a kid who's not super invested and you're trying to get buy-in from them maybe that can help but in my personal theater experience Mm -hmm. after this buy-in is something you have to invest in and that like I have to invest in making that kid buy in Mm -hmm. and that's like a project that's like take this home and fill out and answer all these questions about the character and you have to make it up and I don't do any work to like encourage the buy-in so I don't think it works Hmm. um personally if it has worked for you godspeed and if the kid wants to do it on their own it helps them great but if it's like an assignment an acting assignment no it's not hmm like that's a, a fake research project I've seen it help for brand newbies with uh, learning the concept of motivation Yes. so if they have a well first of all forces <laughs> them to read the script like yeah, hey that's the um, truth. if they write something and you're like alright but that contradicts what your character says in mm-hmm. the third scene and they're like I'm a bad that's not good and they know it um, but it can also kind of give them some like background for figuring out how they're going to respond so um why would I say this if they give you that question well look at your character description like why would your person say that yes (laughs) you have to say it so why did the playwright make the character say that because the character is this way or whatever so I do think that can be helpful for like you know people who have never had to like get into someone else's head mm-hmm. before I will concede that I would encourage so I had to do this with a bunch of older kids and this is what they had been taught up to this point so I was doing something a little bit different but I would also encourage if you're working with old if you're working with young kids and you need them to read the script understand their character and like 
start to think about how their character might be different than themselves because mm-hmm. a lot of times with little kids it's like well I wouldn't say it that way right like well yeah what's your name <laughs> okay what's the character's name uh-huh so you're not the same person yeah. Um, Which, if I you think, don't get that distinction, can be very confusing when you get to be a teenager. Yes. <laughs> um, for the older kids, I would encourage them to do an actual acty thing, which is... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be this way. No, it's just such, it. a, such a great... Do the actual acty thing. Which, the, real, the real one. Yes. A real actor thing to do is, like, go through the script and identify everything you say about yourself Mm -hmm. and everything someone else says about you and that can help you understand how your character views themselves and how they're viewed by others Mm -hmm. and that is something that can actually benefit the process of the show because in my opinion you can only really act what's on the page and like knowing their great grandma's second cousin's birthday is like if that helps you get into that character, that's great and fabulous, and I don't want you to stop doing it. But if you're doing it because you think it, it's how you act, come, like, put more tools in your tool belt. Yeah. So anyway. Yep. I'm there. I'm teaching an acting workshop, and it's also the first time that the kids have experienced, like... A lot of directed focus on acting because previously there was a lot of directed focus on the music and a lot of directed focus on the dancing which is why those elements at that theater were so strong mm-hmm. um, and I would argue like the acting was like a byproduct of singing and dancing right and I was trying to get them to think about acting throughout as like the first thing um, and I'm not sure how beneficial I was, but there I am doing it. <laughs> you have a baby. Trying to do it. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't even know where to start with this show. It was a, so the theater wrote it. Yeah. They, they wrote the book, one, one song of the libretto. Two? Two. I was only there a couple days. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but most of the libretto was part of a movie that was based on the same story. Right. Is that vague enough? <laughs> for, for the five people who know what the show is? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's vague enough. You know, um, yeah, and it's one that I had always loved the movie and wanted to see done. Like the that, movie that's, is beautiful. It's, yeah. yeah, and there uh, right now it is in like pre-production on the where it was pre-pandemic. It, it's uh, it opened. It ba- opened barely, barely right before the pandemic. Yeah. Barely opened. In London's West End, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So they're on hold again, as far as I know, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, Although I was disappointed with their interpretation, too, so it's fine. Um, (laughs) It do be like that sometimes. Never get to see that done well. It's great. The music is so musical y. Like, of course, someone wanted to turn it into a musical. And the composer of that music has written musical music before, Mm -hmm. so not surprising. Um, 
no, as usual, I mean, the music was very strong and that conceptually was, was good. There, Mm -hmm. uh, were additions that didn't need to be made. And, um, I think it was a passion project, which didn't actually help it. Um, it, I think that it could have benefited from an outside editor having a look at it. That's so fair. And I also would say, like, if you're if you're going to do a passion project, which Shen and I have done, sort of. Yeah. Um, it's just a project where you have emotion in it. Like, that's yeah. it's that you're emotionally invested and you want to make this happen because you feel a way about it, mm-hmm. not just because this is a story that's worth telling you you are invested and i think i think people do benefit from having someone else there who is not as emotionally invested who can tell you maybe you'd never even call on them but who's there and is watching if you need them and i would also say if you're doing a passion project don't do everything Mm. and I think that was one of the lessons of that experience was like there was no one taking the zoomed out view because the person at the head was so involved in every single detail so like there was no way to like look at it from the audience viewpoint when you're so invested in everything about it I mean from writing the book to writing some music to yeah like casting directing teaching the music like if you're doing all of those things there's no way to be objective there's no way to be objective and there's no way to know what your audience will actually see Mm -hmm. because you're so busy um trying to get everyone else to see your point of view yeah Um, And the great thing about art is that it is subjective, and so it's going to hit different people differently, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the point. Um, But if you are so invested in a project that you can't fathom how your song about love could be construed in any other way, maybe just... Hop on back. Take, take a step back. Or say to someone, hey, I love this so much. I know that I'm not um, viewing it. I'm never going to be able to view it from from a first-timer perspective. Mm-hmm. Can you come watch? I say that to my mom all of the time because my mom is like, my mom's a, good, a great audience member. She is reactive, enthusiastic critical when need be mm-hmm. and my mom also sees everything like if something gets dropped or someone's hat is crooked or um if anything is like a little whack yeah my mom will notice and one I am not that detail driven so it helps me to have someone who can um be looking at different things than I typically look for and then two I feel like and I've said before because my family's not super artsy because they are true patrons of the arts and not people who have their hands in it yeah um 
it's just super helpful to be like, how is my average audience member who really likes theater going to react to this? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, my mom has been in the audience for many a tech week and just kind of been like, that was really good. Love you. Bye. And then I go to her house after I wrap up with the kids and she's like, okay, well, a couple of things. (laughs) But then it's like, no, that's actually super helpful. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, you can get so entrenched in, like, doing things a certain way that mm-hmm. you, like, forget to have a guy. Yeah. And that has to be a very specific kind of, well, for me, it needs to be a really specific kind of person who's capable of giving you that criticism um, in a way that they're not going to be upset if you take it or don't take it. Yes. First of all. And, um that it's given graciously like yeah like maybe there is something you don't know and a reason why we did it this way um but it has to that person has to be those things so that the director so that the whoever can listen to them because Mm -hmm. if you're not going to listen to them then there's no point in having them the person has to be at a a level where you can say no i i give you the authority to tell me these hard things and i don't know that we ever saw that person that authority happen in all of our years of working at that particular yes. institution and even as people who were asked to come in and do certain things to be in those positions of saying mm-hmm. hey we need to fix this or or i'm looking at the two of these guys acting and and they don't get it yet yeah. um and how can we ha- how can we support them like you know uh I don't think either one of us ever raised a criticism that was, like, super well-received. I don't think so. And I think learning to be a person who offers a critique in a healthy way is also a learning process. But I would say at least by this point, you and I were doing that for each other already. And there's this mentality, I think, that, like, because we've done a lot of shows together, producing them together or like being in some way involved together I think there's a mentality that like in front of your cast you agree and then like you can duke it out later and I just don't think that that's true Hmm. um I think I think you learn how to communicate with one another in healthy ways either in the moment or after but like fake get along is unhealthy for you too like first of all kids can smell I'll say BS kids can smell BS when they when they are witnessing it and they also they can feel when things aren't going right and sometimes it's so much easier to be like Shannon and I haven't agreed yet on how we want this to look. Mm-hmm. Can you guys try it a couple of different ways so that we can see it? You're going to gain so much more from that. Yeah. Like, and nip it in the butt. Right. <laughs> like, move on. Exactly. Um, I think for me, ooh, I loved the story so much. Mm-hmm. That I wanted the last moment (laughs) to be, which is so dramatic and and heartbreaking and sad. I wanted, um, I wanted these two guys who I was working with to 
go really hard and be willing to let it be ugly and I think that that was a concept that was really lost on them at the time they were really young and are grown adults now so I'm sure that this is a skill they've learned but I think especially in singing and dancing um there's such a like perfectionism to those skills and there's such a beauty to those skills that sometimes when you haven't been also along the way you know really been talked to about acting you can forget that acting is kind of gritty yeah and like can look bad sometimes mm-hmm. and look tough and not pretty even if you're singing a pretty note yeah. or like how can you make that pretty note kind of ugly to convey some emotion and I think they know it when they hear it but they don't know how to feel it right yet and a big part of that is just like you ain't been through nothing right well I mean they were also yeah very young playing really adult situations like just that's that's not something that they've even come close to experiencing yeah that's fair (laughs) so pretend that you know how this would feel and then feel it while also looking visually pretty like that's Mm -hmm. that's a lot in in somebody's head as a high schooler I mean to further my point about like them knowing everything there was to know about those people and there's a lot to know I mean they had reference material galore Mm -hmm. doesn't help them feel anything and um when you don't you can't know what you don't know so like they've never been through an experience like this that they're trying to act out and they're relying solely on like well I'm singing an E flat and I'm gonna make it sad Uh and I'm like how though (laughs) right because right now it just sounds really pretty (laughs) um so like you have to give them other tools which is like okay what is this person like let's think about what this person wants and have you ever wanted something that you has been taken from you and like how did that make you feel and when you feel that way what's it like in your body and like actually talking about acting things you know yep think about it because <laughs> otherwise you just got pre picture with a couple weird moments I think that's a really good description of that particular show. Mm, I was only there like three or four times, mm-hmm. um, and then all of Tech Week, but yeah. three or four times up until that point. What was it like on the day to day? I mean, did you feel was there was there a moment in the beginning where you thought like you were excited to see how it was going to turn out? Did you always know it was going to be the moment kind of... where I was excited to see how it was going to turn out was before I read the script, and then I read the script. And what about it got you got? Um, I just, for a story that is so emotional, I felt no emotion reading the script. Mm. And I knew that if I didn't even read it, read it and feel something, I was not going to feel it when, um, when it was produced. I just, 
I, I, I feel things in the music with that one, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's still a soundtrack I keep saved on my phone. Like, I Same. do it all the time. But um, I think there were moments where I was like, oh, I, I see what that could be. Mm. And that happened so often. Um, and I don't want to claim that I knew how to get it there yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely couldn't have conveyed how to get it there, even if I like knew what it should look like. Um, but it it was hard to like look at that and go, that could be so cool, so much of the time. I think for me, part of the issue was like, and this is just because I think um, in that age group, typically girls are just like a little bit more in touch with their emotional intelligence mm -hmm. than um, men are. But I do feel like some of the girls had the right tone mm -hmm. for what the show was. However, and we could talk about this until I literally lay down and die. <laughs> um, you're putting the emotional arc of the show on boys yeah. who you, one, haven't taught anything about acting to haven't gone through anything to help them be emotional. Three are like conditioned not to be emotion by our mm -hmm. society and also by you right. <laughs> in that building. And then four uh, are just like traditionally not as in touch with their emotional intelligence as girls are and as much as I love that story and I think the women in the story are every bit as impactful uh, to the outcome as the men are mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that's not the perspective the story is written from so if you were gonna do a rewrite and looking at the cast I would have really tried to I think one thing that I can say for sure we might have done differently is to beef the women up a little bit more and give yeah. them more to do. Yeah. Um, there's two There's two roles I would have uh, gender swapped. And every time I think about it, it, like, gives me goosebumps. I like it so much. <laughs> uh, the two very young boys in that oh. show should have been teenage girls. Yeah. And every time I think about it, I'm like, oh. I need to see that happen. Yes, yes, yes. Like, that scene and that song mm -hmm. are so cool. So good. <laughs> Do you oh, know, well. in the movie, and maybe this will give it away, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, yeah. um, when they, like, drop something on one of the guys, mm -hmm. in the very, very far background, and I didn't notice this till like, my fourth viewing of this as an adult, yeah. not even when I was a child, but one of them goes, my new thing! <laughs> I didn't know that. And it's my favorite thing that has ever happened. I was watching it with my friend uh, last Passover. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we were going to do it again this year, but Rona. Yep. And um, we heard it and we rewound it. And I was like, did he just say my new, new thing? thing? And now, like, every time I'm doing anything with her and I text her, I'm like, look at my new thing. 
Oh, that's good. My favorite. We spent so long on that particular moment trying to figure out how to make it happen and not make it too messy. Yeah. I, I swear we spent hours really? on that particular problem because that particular moment <laughs> had to happen. Yeah, Why? It does. There's so many things you could do. That does not need to be what happens. Yeah, I think... Um, I think yes, when there it's is funny, a, but it's not funny if it doesn't work. There's a, when there is a source material. <laughs> yeah. And people are going to go into something with an expectation and you yourself have uh like we said a real strong emotional attachment to the source material. Yeah. Um it can be hard to reimagine. Yeah. And as much as I believe in like like you went to go see the show that you were about to produce be done somewhere else. Um I've I've done that. I I believe in like you know, making your show sometimes an amalgamation of things that you've loved about other productions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is some merit in being like for me and my space, this is not going to work. And so I'm going to do something new. Yeah. And let go of that source material a little bit and I think that's really difficult when you love something so much. Absolutely. All right, I think we have to talk about one more positive because we've had um, a lot of negatives in this particular year. You're flipping. You're I'm flipping. flipping. I'm not seeing anything good. This was an emotional year, y'all. Yeah. Or if you can think of a story that you remember from any of these. So this is not a good story. But one of, <laughs> but one of these we saw um, was a dinner theater. I don't remember if you remember that. <laughs> but there was food involved. Me too. Yeah. Again, when that was a thing before Corona. And, um. Hey, I don't love barbecue, but I do believe that they gave us moon pies for dessert, which was they exciting. They did. They did. That was really, really solid. Um, and, uh, we, so I, we started off with, with the mooning. We can end with the grapes. So we saw, <laughs> we also saw, uh, someone who we were working with at the time. Was, was he in the banana costume or was he in the orange costume? I, I would have said orange. I don't remember had which one you it was. asked me without <laughs> providing a fruit. So I feel like it must have been orange. Because I feel like that been, I feel like part of my um, my true delight in seeing that was that it was super short. And I feel like the banana one would have been right, long. That's not it, yeah. So I think it was orange. There was an entire dance number talking about fruit and uh-huh. um there were multiple cast members who came out in fruit costumes and, and it think was like incredible the fruit of the loom guys yes. those are yes. the types of costumes we're talking like about full like body color suits. tights yeah body suits <laughs> head pieces amazing oh, a real um, 10 out of 10 experience and it made it was a christmas show mm. i was so confused <laughs> it made very little sense um, I still it was not... just to use the costumes. That's yes. I know that's why because it was funny. Still not a hundred on the plot of that show, and, <laughs> and like many Christmas stories, it's a ripoff of the Bible. <laughs> so I don't understand why it was so confusing, but it was. I think the title was also like twelve words long at oh, least. Yes. It was like so long. Yes. I don't remember what the title. Was. Here's the thing, and this is what I One, mean two, when three, I. One, two, three, four, five, when... six, seven, eight, at least. Shouldn't <laughs> I say that we've seen some clunkers or some standard definition shows? This is the kind of thing that we're talking about. We were delighted. I mean, we yes. were having a time at that production. Yep. 
Um, Genuinely, like, had fun. Yes. (laughs) For what it was, like, found the show very entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, Like is a strong word. Like is a strong word. It was, yes, lots of entertainment value, for sure. I was very uh, amused. I had a good time. I did not like the content of the show. Yeah. But... Uh, I really feel like that was on the back burner for a lot of folks. <laughs> it was the least of our worries at the time. <laughs> really? There was a dance break. There were yes. sparkly costumes. Yes. Um, I had a great time. Yeah. And I think if you're just getting into, like, theater, don't feel like you have to spend a lot of money and go see something, like, mm-hmm. crazy well-produced do that it's an experience yeah. but save it for something you really want to see and like if you're just kind of interested in a show go see you know some people that you like do something silly be okay with it not being that deep don't and see something only for the sake of it being highbrow like yes. oh yes this sounds fancy but if you really want to see it then go see it but not just because this sounds fancy yeah. I mean, to this day, (laughs) I have worked on Pulitzer-winning plays. I've worked on things that won a Tony. I've worked on so many, like, things like that. And, I mean, our production didn't win a Tony, but the the show won a Tony at some point. Right, exactly. Want to be clear. Exactly. (laughs) And, like, my family is still, like, uh, top three things we liked. Some stupid musical that was a Scooby-Doo ripoff I did in college. (laughs) Uh father of the bride yeah and like one other uh musical i was in and it's just like they you know they sat through those other things and were like good job mm-hmm. um but you know as much as i love like a sad i want to cry during this theater experience moment um you know, go see something for fun and have a good time. We have so many programs of that. Yes. In those are, and those boxes. are <laughs> genuinely good memories. It's not mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't. I don't think that I spent more than ten dollars on seeing any of those shows. <laughs> oh my gosh! Most of the shows that are in there, are we free. saw for free. <laughs> yeah. Anytime Shannon and I have to pay for a show, we're kind of like. Mm. And we then know we really like you if we pay to come see a show you're <laughs> Truly. in. And, and $10 is about the cap because, like, most student productions. That's spendies. <sighs> Gotta wrap this up. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Describe it in two words. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she's, uh, for reference, she's looking at the programs. To I'm think trying. About it. I, this, this is a long year. Um,. All the years are long. Can I say mistakes and new? Because new is good and mistakes were bad. Um, I love those words for you. I would say for me, learning. Mm-hmm. Lots of learning. And um, I don't want to rip you off. <laughs> mistakes is probably the word for me. I'll go with problematic. There you go. That's good. That's good. I like that. But I think next time 
we'll do maybe some some of our own shows that we can maybe talk about a little bit yeah more specifically uh we'll skip ahead a couple years skip ahead skip ahead <laughs> um or i guess that's something that you guys can tell us is what year pick a year pick a year i got all the way back to 2008 but let us know what year you want us to talk about um, you can email us at uncertaintheater at gmail.com. It's U-N-C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-H-E-A-T-R-E at gmail.com. Or you can call or text us at 502-627-0296. Someone did call this number and I didn't realize it. I just heard the phone ringing. Like, Oops. Was running, running, running because I thought it was my mom. And I answer it. I'm like out of breath. I'm like, hello. And then it's an immediate hang up. And I look down and I realize it was the Google voice number. Oh, no. So if that person so was listening to this, I did. I all I lied to you, and I'm sorry. I always say I'll never answer. It won't happen again. I did immediately text the number and say like I'm sorry. Call again. I won't answer. But I spooked them, and, and for that, I'm Dang sorry. It. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. There was lots of new things. There were lots of mistakes, and some of them were your fault because you left me. Every time I have to go out of the state for an extended period of time, Shannon, Shannon gets mad. Mistake. And I, every time I'm like in the car meeting, I'm like, don't do the thing. And she's like, I want, I'm just thinking about it. Like, okay. Oh my gosh, I've never had that used on me and it's so true <laughs> I'm in a hotel room with like a 9am call time and she's like I did it <laughs> like, that's on you <laughs> dang it that's funny oh what a time